Thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Okay, here we are again on lockdown. Um, It's been nice over the last few months to be able to have people here, but obviously at the moment we can't do that but we'll keep you informed as to when we can. As far as notices are concerned, um, we're going to start our evening prayer time on next Sunday evening. If you want to come, it's just going to be praying on Zoom. It's not going to be worship unless somebody spontaneously bursts into song. Uh, It will be just a case of praying together for half an hour, 45 minutes on a Sunday evening from 7 o'clock. I'll send the Zoom code out to house group, connect group leaders this week. Uh, And if you want to sign up for that, and you're not in a connect group, get in a connect group. But also, if, you'd want, if you want to get into that, then email us and ask for the Zoom code for next week, and we'll do that for you. I've no birthdays this week. Uh, I didn't sing to Esme last week, but I did see her in Tesco and sang to her in Tesco, so we're okay. I covered that one, even though her grandma was a little bit bemused by the strange man running up and singing happy birthday to Esme. But uh, that's it. Today, we start a new series, and the graphic for it... I'm pointing the wrong way, it looks something like this. Um, a lot of symbols. It's a plus, a minus, a multiply, and a divide. Don't worry, it isn't about maths. You know, although this week there's been a lot of counting going on, it's not about maths. Um, for, one time, for one moment this week on the news, I was a bit concerned that people were very aggressive against Sesame Street characters because they all wanted to stop the count, but obviously that hasn't happened. Um, it isn't about Ed Sheeran either, for those of you younger, and his albums are called Plus and Divide and Multiply. Uh, it's nothing to do with anything of those things. Today, we're going to look at the first of those symbols, which is addition. And we're going to be looking at some of the things that Jesus said and some of the things that are in the Word about these different things. But I don't know if you saw this week's news other than a certain election, but this week, two childhood sweethearts got married. They'd uh, been boyfriend and girlfriend since junior school when he literally fell at her feet. Apparently he fell over and headbutted her feet and they've been together ever since. How sweet, what a, what a lovely story that is. And the reason it made the news was this. She was called Miss White and he was called Mr. Christmas. And so now that they're married and added together, they've kept each other's names and they are Mr. and Mrs. White Christmas. Isn't that sweet? What a lovely story. So uh, it was quite interesting, actually, as we were driving home from Scotland um, from our little breakaway, the, the radio was talking about this story and they were asking people to phone in with people's names that were in- interesting that they went to school with. There was one lady who was called Carol Service. Um, but we all know, or many of us who've been to Springmount for many years, know of Peter Maiden and his brother Brian Maiden. But I hadn't ever thought about Brian Maiden and having a, a funny name or a close name until somebody texted into the radio and said they were at school with somebody called Brian Maiden and somebody else called Jeff Leopard, which I thought was brilliant. But anyway, those of you who don't know Rock, it's Iron Maiden and Def Leopard. But there we go. What an addition the Christmases are. 
When I go shopping for food, I have to check the ingredients because I have to know what's been added to it. Because in our house, we have two gluten intolerants who can't eat wheat or barley or anything containing gluten. So sometimes additions are things to be celebrated, but sometimes additions aren't good for us. So the Bible says, don't add anything to what God says. Don't try and increase things that God has said. Just speak his truth. But what did Jesus say about addition? I'm going to read some familiar verses from Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34 from the New Living Translation. And it says this. That is why I tell you, this is Jesus speaking. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life. I'm going to stop there. We're going to carry on in a moment. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? We spend our time worrying about so much, worrying about what food on the table may be at the moment. I've seen that we've sent out a notice this week to our bulletin and our Facebook page asking people for clothes because people have reached out for help because they haven't got much clothing. They've turned to the church who are God's family. What's the use in worrying? There's a lyric from a song, isn't there? In 1915, a very famous song was published. Bearing in mind, in 1915, it was right in the middle of the beginning of World War I. Some horrific things were going on. Today, we remember our soldiers that have fallen and those that returned. And actually, in 1915, smack bang in the middle of violence, of destruction, of scaredness, of fear, of terror... This song was written and it said this, pack up your troubles in your old kit bag and smile, smile, smile. In the middle of fear, terror, pack up your troubles in your old kit bag and smile. I don't necessarily know if that's a good thing to advocate because sometimes bottling up doesn't help. But what they're saying is, what's the use of worrying? It never was worthwhile. There's the lyric from the song, in the middle of war, in the middle of darkness, in the middle of worry, what's the use of worrying? It never was worthwhile. That isn't strictly speaking true. Worry is a bit like a warning light on a car. If you see a warning light on your car, the best thing to do is to take it to a garage, or if you're Tim or Jeff, off in, fix it yourself. But if you see a warning light on a car then don't sell the tape over it with masking tape so you can't see it or smash your dashboard up. You fix it. So some worries are rational, aren't they? Some worries stop us from running out into a busy road because we might get knocked down. But what's the use in worrying? Just be aware. Don't worry. What? Who by adding Who by worrying can add a single moment to their life? In the original language, it basically is meaning who by worrying can add 18 sort of inches to your height? You know, some of you might like to be taller. Some of you might like to be be more, more, you know, I don't know, be able to see above crowds in, in, in in a concert, although that's not really a problem at the moment. Some of us worry so much, but what does it add? Does it 
add anything. Jesus says, who by worrying can add anything? Jesus says, worrying adds nothing. There's an equation for you. We are talking maths. Yeah, Paul in the belly's rubbing his bald head at the moment. You know, I could do the same. Who by worrying can add a single hair to your head? If anything, it takes it away, I think you'll find. Who by worrying can do it? Jesus says, worry adds nothing. Life plus worry equals no change. If anything, actually, it makes it worse. Jesus, remember who's saying this, first of all, we need to recognize where are his words being spoken. They're being spoken probably to some of the poorest people. They're not being spoken to the rich rulers. They're not being spoken to those that are dressed in their finery. They are being spoken on the Sermon on the Mount, on the Mount of Olives, to people who probably had very little. And Jesus himself, remember, has no permanent house. He has no roof over his head. He he has no wage coming in regularly. He has nothing to provide for him other than his father. Jesus says, what's the use in worrying? It never was worthwhile. He knows at this moment, as he's speaking these words, Jesus knows he's heading for a painful death. He knows that he's heading to the cross He knows that his friends will all reject him and leave leave and run away and people will mock him and people will betray him. He knows that this is going to happen. And he says, what's the use in worrying? It never was worthwhile. Who by worrying can add? Nobody. Because worrying is a waste of time. There's a saying, I don't know if it was Billy Graham that said it, but a famous preacher said these words. He said, worry is like a rocking chair. Takes a lot of effort, but gets you nowhere. Worry is like a rocking chair. It takes effort, but it never gets you anywhere. Now, some of you might be sitting there as I say that and go, I quite like a rocking chair. I quite like to sit in a rocking chair and, and rock away my day. Well, some of us are comfortable with worry. Some of us like nothing more than to worry. We feel comforted by it. But Jesus says worry doesn't add anything. Worry will not change the situation. Worry will not make anything different. Jesus isn't some pampered prince with no experience of reality. Jesus isn't somebody with riches galore and a palace to go home to that night to say, don't worry, it'll all be fine. And then he goes home with everything he needs. Jesus speaks from experience. Jesus speaks from a position of trust and faithfulness because he says, what is the use of worrying? Just before this, Jesus has talked about storing up treasure on earth and not focusing on earthly wealth. That echoes what we talked about from 1 Timothy, doesn't it? And he says, what's the use in worrying about those things? There's far more to life than riches. If I said to you, who'd like to win the lottery? Many of you would, but it doesn't bring happiness. What does worrying achieve? If anything, it takes away. It subtracts, but we'll go on to that next week. Today we're talking about adding. What does worry add? I'll tell you what it adds. It wastes your time, and it steals your joy, and it adds nothing. Absolutely nothing. But how do we go through life without a worry? How do we do it? What do we need to do? It's easy to say, don't worry, but what is Jesus' solution? What does he add? What words does he add to the problem to solve it? 
Verse 28 goes on to say this, and why worry about your clothing? Some of you might look at me and go, well, Johnny, you need to worry about your clothing. You're not exactly with the, with the trend, you know, but hey, I, think, I feel comfortable. I'm okay. Why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory, that one of the richest kings ever, Solomon in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as those flowers in the field. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Oh, you of little faith. Why do you have so little faith? He will certainly care for you. That's a message we all need to hear today. He will certainly care for you. What does he add? He adds care. He adds compassion. He adds kindness. He adds generosity. So don't worry about these things, Jesus said, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. God knows all your needs. God knows all my needs. So don't worry. What does he say, verse 33? Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Don't worry about tomorrow. We've got enough on today. Don't worry about what comes next. Live in the moment and say, God, I need you. I am reminded as I read this passage of so many important Bible verses about what not to add to life. Psalm 55 verse 22 says this, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Give your worries to God, cast it all on him. Let him take them in his, in his uh, what the bag called, pack up your troubles in your kit bag. Let God put them in his kit bag. And then we can know that he is carrying them. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Encouraging verse, that isn't it? You might have seen it on a fridge magnet or on a calendar. Or somebody might have quoted it to you in the minute of your darkest hour. And you might be thinking, well, that's fine for you to say. But let's look at the context of that verse. Let's look at the context of where David the psalmist writes it. That psalm starts by saying this. My thoughts trouble me and I am distraught. That's what the psalm starts with. My thoughts, my worries, my cares, everything that's going on in my head trouble me and I am distraught. Distraught is a strong word, isn't it? David says, I'm going out of my mind. But the minute he prays, the minute he turns to God, the minute he gives those cares to God and says, God, I can't handle this. The psalm finishes with, Cast all your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. How has his mindset changed? How has his mind, how has his state of mind changed? He's fixed it on things above. He's come to God. He's unburdened himself, and he said, God, I can't do this without you. Cast your cares on God, and he will sustain you. By the end of his prayer, he's taken his eyes off the worries and fixed them on the one he worships. He's taken his eyes off the problems and fixed them 
on the redeemer, the restorer, and the one who provides. He's gone from his problems to being provided for. So what does Jesus say? Don't worry, it adds nothing. Instead, look to God. Seek first his kingdom. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says similar things. Cast all your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. These things are repeated through scripture. God's promises are yes and amen. We've sung it this morning. His promises are yes and amen. If we give him his cares and we give him our worries and we turn to him in our problems instead of worrying about this stuff, he does care and he will make a difference. Let me ask us today, what are our worries right now? What are we worried about? What are they adding to our life? My guess is, if you think about it very briefly, I don't want you to think about your worries, but if you think about what's worrying you right now, they are adding nothing good to the situation. They are adding sleeplessness, maybe. Maybe they're adding bitterness between two people. Maybe your worries are keeping you awake. Maybe your worries are causing arguments. Maybe your worries are causing fights. They aren't adding good things. Who, by worrying, can add anything. Jesus says nobody, but cast all your cares on him. He will sustain you because he cares for you. What are our worries adding to life? Probably more worries, probably more anxiety, probably more things to keep us awake. Give it to God over and over and be reassured he cares for you And he is the only one that will and can add to our lives. I love escape rooms. Don't know about you, I love an escape room. Um, If you go back to, if you go to Back Barrow and the escape rooms there, you'll see a team from this church that are still in second place on the pirate escape room for the all-time quickest adventure. We love solving puzzles. We love solving problems. And sometimes you just don't know what to look for. Sometimes you don't know what the first thing you should be finding is. And so you look all around the room in all the drawers. You look all around the place. And there are red herrings galore in front of you. And you miss things that are crucial. You're under pressure of time. And you end up doing and trying some very strange things to get out of the escape room. What we look for first is really important. What you seek first in an escape room can make all the difference between getting out and being stuck. What we look for in life is really important. What do we seek first in our days? When you woke up this morning, what was the first thing you sought? What was the first thing you looked for? Mine, it's my glasses because I can't see without them. What is the first thing we look for? Do we look to see what the news has done overnight? Do we look to see who's commented on our Facebook post? Do we look to see if anything's going on? Or do we look to see God's kingdom? Jesus says in this passage, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then all things will be added to you. Not the stuff of every day, not the stuff of the mundane, not the things we're worried about, but seek first his kingdom. And his righteousness, that's his goodness. Seek first the fact that he is right and he will put things right in our minds. Seek first his kingdom. If you've ever played hide and seek with somebody who can't be bothered, it's not much fun, is it? 
I used to say to the kids, let's play hide and don't find, because it was more fun for me to sit in the chair while they hid for at least all five minutes before they came and said, Dad, you're not looking for me. I'm like, yeah, because it gave me five minutes of peace and quiet. But if you've ever played hide and seek with somebody that's competitive and they explore every nook and cranny and they look in every possible places, there's an excitement there, isn't there? When we strive in the context of what you're going to wear, it's more important to strive to look for God than to look right. It's more important to strive to see him. Are we like the ultra-competitive seeker? Are we like the person who wants to escape the escape room at all costs? Are we like the person that will invest our all in looking for something? Or are we like the person who can't be bothered who's saying, play hide and don't find, I just want five minutes peace. Jesus says, seek God first. Are we worried about food on our table and finances this morning? What does Jesus say? Seek his kingdom first and his righteousness. Seek what is right, and that's his promise. My father-in-law used to use the phrase, I'll see you right, I'll see you right. God this morning says, seek me first, and I'll see you right. I will see you right. Even when things seem hopeless, he remains hope-filled. Many of us watching today will have been to school and sung the song based on verse 33 that says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. I could sing it for you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Join in, everybody. And all these things will be added unto you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Do you remember that one? Yeah? And then we could go, hallelujah. Someone's getting the torch out now to wave it at me. Seek ye first, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Don't worry about those things, those riches on earth. Everything will be added unto you that he gives. His riches at Christ's expense. Don't add worry. Instead seek him first. Don't add worry. Seek him first and he adds the rest. He is enough. He is a comfort. He is a hope. He is a provider of what is needed. That is his promise that is yes and amen. Don't worry about tomorrow because today is enough. Spend your life in the moment. Don't worry about each day ahead. But let him add what you need. I want to finish with another short passage at the end of Matthew chapter 9 or the middle of Matthew chapter 9 that says this, verses 10 to 13. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Then he added, Jesus adds these words. He added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. I have come to call not those who think they're righteous, but to call those who are sinners. He came to put us right. He came to make us right with God. We've got to seek his kingdom first 
and his righteousness. And then everything we need will be added. What we need will be added unto us. Jesus doesn't add a heavy bag to your, to your baggage. Jesus doesn't add a heavy load. If you ever go shopping, shopping on holiday, sorry, it's because we're not having holidays much at the moment. If you ever go on holiday and you've packed what you need and you think, what do you do? You put it on the scales, don't you? You put it on the scales to make sure it's under the weight. You don't want to take a bag and get to the airport that they stick a sticker on that says overweight, overweight. I'm glad they don't do that on the passengers. I'd be very, very uh, scared if they did. But they don't, you don't want a bag that says overweight on it because you don't want them having to lift those heavy loads onto the plane and they'll fine you. You'll get into trouble for having that extra weight, for having something added that shouldn't be there. Jesus doesn't give us baggage. Jesus takes it. The Pharisees are the religious people. They're following the rules and the regulations. And Jesus here is having a meal with many tax collectors and at least one prostitute and other disreputable sinners. And what do they say? You're not allowed to do that. Don't eat with the scum. Don't go and sit with them. They're unclean. They're going to drag you down. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. I'm going to add to their lives. I'm going to add what they need. I'm going to give them what they need. And that is a saviour. That is to be made clean and made right with God. Jesus says, I've come for those that aren't well. I've not come for the healthy. And then he added, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. What does that mean? Well, it's a quote from the book of Hosea. God desires mercy, not sacrifice. What is mercy? God's baggage, Jesus' baggage that he gives to us isn't about self-punishment and self-flagellation. It's about forgiveness. It's about love. It's about kindness. It's about grace. It's about mercy. It's about compassion. And yet we still see people today who proclaim to follow Jesus being judgmental and critical and adding baggage to people's lives, who place a heavy load on the backs of others. What does Jesus add? He adds grace. He adds mercy. He adds forgiveness. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. He carried the cross so that we could experience the mercy and forgiveness of his sacrifice. What does Jesus add? Forgiveness. Mercy. Love. What are we adding to the burden of others today? What do we add to other people's problems as Christians? Do we add something in that isn't good? Do we add an expectation to behave in a certain way? Do we add an expectation to, to do something that we would do because we think it's right? Not seek first our righteousness. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all things will be given to you. Jesus says, it's not about what you've given up for me. It's not about what you feel obliged to do for me. It's all about relationship. Sitting down together and forgiving. Sitting down together and being merciful and kind and compassionate and loving. We can't sit down together very easily at the moment because we're not allowed to. But maybe our issue is with family. Maybe our issue are those we live with. We need to sit down and say, it's not about what I'm obliged to do, but it is about your mercy, your love, your forgiveness. Jesus says, I'm adding forgiveness. 
I'm adding grace. I'm adding mercy to the relationship you have with me and to a relationship with those that struggle. It's not about the rules. It's about genuine friendship and forgiveness. It's not about just saying we love one another. It's about actually loving one another. Not just putting up with people in church, but truly loving them and being compassionate. As we go about maybe volunteering to drop a food parcel off, it's not about dropping that parcel and running. It's about getting to know that person who's struggling. It's about having a conversation with them and telling them and saying to them that they are loved. It's about getting to see their face and saying, are you worried? I've got a God who can carry that. And he's helping you right now with this food parcel. It's about others seeing the God that we can cast all our cares on. When others see us as Christians that are worried every day, they'll say, well, what difference is God adding to your life? Your worries are adding far more. So don't add worry about clothes or food or anything else. Look to him. What is the proof that God cares? Jesus says it's the birds. The birds have got food. They've got nests. They've got all those different things. The birds have got those things. The flowers that are rich in beauty. The evidence is all around us. And the evidence is in Jesus. So don't worry. Instead, add his kingdom in first. Strive for it. Seek it. Be a competitive seeker that looks first for him and he adds the rest. Keith Green, a Christian artist, sang a song that was called Heal Kate, Take Care of the Rest. One of the verses talks of Moses saying, how am I going to go to, how am I going to, go to Pharaoh, God? I don't know what I'm going to say. And the, verse says, don't, the chorus says, don't worry. He'll take care of the rest. Another verse talks about Noah holding his umbrella under a cloudless sky. And the verse says, just keep building the boat. They'll see you stay afloat because he'll take care of the rest. Jesus' addition to life is mercy, is love, is kindness and faithfulness. We need to start adding in the things that will make a difference instead of the stuff that we cannot change. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. As the band come up, I'm going to finish by just reading that passage in the message version because I think it says things really well. It says this, if you decide for a God, for living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or whether the clothes in your closet are in fashion. There is far more to your life than the food you put in your stomach, more to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Look at the birds, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, careless in the care of God. And you count far more to him than birds. Has anyone by fussing in front of the mirror ever gotten taller by so much as an inch? All this time and money wasted on fashion. Do you think it makes that much difference? Instead of looking at the fashions, walk out into the fields. Look at the wildflowers. They never primp or shop. But have you ever seen colour and design quite like it? The 10 best dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside those flowers. If God gives such attention to the appearance of flowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. 
to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Amen.